there if you are tuning into this podcast it means one of two things either you have no clue about managing your finances or you want to take them to the next level either way we've got you covered financially ever after is for the modern day indian professional who is ready to take control of their financial journey so let's start building your financial future one episode at a time welcome to financially ever after Hi everyone, welcome to another episode. Uh, tonight we're diving into the topic financial planning for your child. Uh, I'm Medha and I'm joined uh, with my co-founder uh, Ankit. For those of you who are joining us for the first time, we are the founders of WealthUp. Uh, at WealthUp, we're passionate about helping you achieve your financial goals. And today we're talking about a topic that I think a lot of parents um, do think about, do worry about. So hi, uh, hi Ankit. Hi Medha, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Doing well. Thanks. Hi everyone. Okay, so um, let's dive right into it. Um, Ankit, um, why is it so crucial that parents start thinking about financial planning uh, for their child, uh, and I guess especially thinking of it separately from themselves, right? Like as in separate financial goals. Sure. See, uh, when it comes to kids, first of all, kids are expensive. Um, sorry to say this, but that is the truth. Uh, everything is becoming so expensive and uh, I mean people who already have a child they would uh, know that um, the expenses related to kids start not after they are born but once you once you have conceived many a times it starts when you start planning a kid um, so be aware because you know everything 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 is costing more you know when you after you have conceived the doctor visit uh tests scans uh, and whatnot then the delivery and uh, after the child is born there are so many things you need to take care of um their nutrition their you know uh, clothing their uh, vaccination and whatnot and of course the education many times uh, now people are also thinking about uh, you know um, sending their kids for um, additional you know extracurricular activities um, hobbies and whatnot all of these things cost a lot of money and of course the big elements you know big expenses come when it comes to higher education now these goals these expenses are separate from your own your your own as a, a couple okay or even individual and if you plan for these separately these will uh, be you know will you'll be much better prepared for uh, to take care of these expenses in a very good uh, you know uh, manner so, um, you know, you mentioned some of the milestones, but what are some financial milestones that uh, parents should keep in mind, you know, which are essential for from a financial planning perspective? See, uh, when it comes to milestone, you can consider them as major expenses, right? So, um, of course, the delivery itself is a major expense. After that, um, things will be more... Uh, monthly kind of expenses, you know, the school fees, the regular expenses and whatnot. Um, now, the extent or the amount of expenses that uh, will be there, you know, these regular expenses expenses associated with your uh, child um, can vary based on your own preferences, the kind of school you are sending your child to, the kind of upbringing you are giving, the kind of, um, uh, the kind of you know, additional activities you are uh, sending uh, your child to. Um, so these may or may not be uh, bigger expenses. But next one will be, uh, you know, after generally after 10th. Like if you if your child is uh, going to prepare for competitive exams, uh, the kind of tuitions you need to send, those are also big numbers. And uh, of course, when they are going for higher education. By higher education, I mean bachelor's as well as master's. And after that, one another, you know, big uh, milestone or expense will be their uh, wedding. 
uh, if you're paying for. And uh, well, if you're done everything uh, good till then, um, that should be more or less the last major expense. Um, if that is not the case, I mean, the expenses may continue. So something, you know, to be aware of. Okay. Um, so, you know, what are some common mistakes that you see parents make when it comes to financial planning uh, for their children? Well, the very first mistake that I can think of is ki not having a financial plan for their uh, kids separately. Just thinking that, okay, whatever financial plan that we have, whatever uh, savings we are going for mm. uh, is the same set of, you know, same pool of saving from which we'll be taking care of everything. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, nothing wrong with it. But uh, when you have segregated items, segregated goals, and you're planning for them individually, you have better clarity and better control over these, uh, you know, how you are making, uh, how, pro- how you're making the progress towards these. Right. Um, and, and the other thing is key. uh, the kind of planning that you can do for your uh, kids, uh, for your child, um, particularly you know, if you're thinking of, say, higher education and stuff, these are very long-term goals. Your own goals can be relatively shorter terms. Say, I want to buy a house in three years or five years, or I want to do something else in extra 10 years. Those are relatively shorter-term goals compared to you know the goal that you have for your child, which is something like 15 to 18 years out. Uh, just because the, you know, the tenure is different, the portfolio that would have been there for these goals can be you know uh, different so that is another thing to be aware of yeah that's a that's a good point um you know so what are the mistakes uh another mistake is when you're going for long term uh, okay um, as i said this is for your child it's a very long term so it can be a very aggressive portfolio okay mm-hmm. uh now when i say very aggressive portfolio the um kind of you know risky or volatile assets that you can take or equity um primarily that you can take in the portfolio can be much higher but don't make the mistake of you know allocating everything to equity it should still be a diversified portfolio because during this long term you know of 15 18 years um there will be ups and downs and if you have done the allocation properly and then the reallocation portfolio reallocation properly you can actually make a difference, you know, it'll actually make a difference in terms of the kind of return that you'll make in the long run. Right. Um, is that it? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Um, so, you know, any sort of uh, practical tips uh, and advice for parents on how to actually start planning this, right? So let's say that I get very inspired by this conversation and I um, I have a daughter, she's, uh, you know, about to turn too soon. Um, so what exactly, um, you know, how do I actually start planning for this? See, the first thing is that you should have a separate bank account for your child. Of course, since since he or she uh, will be a minor, uh, they can ha- they can't have their completely separate account. Um, so it will be an account which will be linked to your to one of the uh, guardian, um, and you can whatever you know uh, money you are saving for long term or uh, your child is receiving from you know in cash from your um, uh, from the relatives. Uh, all of those things can go in your child's uh, account, and from there you can you know invest them. So already uh, you know a portion of the. Uh, money that you're, some money that you're receiving it is already getting assigned to them and it is being put for long term so that again out of sight out of mind anyways you'll be you most likely you know you'll be uh, taking care of their your child's education uh, and all, all expenses on your own right mm-hmm. so keeping this aside and leaving it for very long term is going to give you very um, good mm-hmm. uh, uh, return and again as I mentioned uh, time to time you know allocating it properly and then reallocation portfolio reallocation very important 
right so actually you know that reminds me that uh, for my daughter's first birthday uh, and of course because i'm part of wealth up uh, my my uh, parents wanted to gift her something and then uh, i said you know instead of buying her a toy just you know give us that money and we'll put it in a long term portfolio so we actually ended up buying mutual fund units for uh, that's awesome that's awesome yeah so um Right, so a lot of people do invest in Sukanya Samriddhi Yojana. Um, so you know we had done this poll on our WhatsApp community, and uh, I had asked like generally how people think about uh, you know investing for their child, and this is um this was one of the most common answers. I don't think everyone really understands this. It's just that they know this is okay for a girl child and it can help in saving taxes. But uh, you know if you can just tell us a little bit about this and uh, is it a good way to invest and save uh, taxes also? See, uh, thing is, ki uh, as far as saving tax is concerned, there are uh, various uh, ways in which you can see. So it's it falls. So can you summarize the usual the contribution that you make uh, towards that uh, falls under ATC only that one point five lakh uh, limit uh, investments. Uh, and there are so many options that you don't specifically need to choose. So can you summarize the usual for tax saving? Okay. Now, in terms of this particular option as an investment standalone. um it's a fixed return uh, or uh, you know fixed return investment um as of now the interest rate is uh, 8% on this now this number is also you know uh, announced every year and uh, as the interest rate uh, comes down in the country uh, the mon- the interest that you're getting on these will also come down um uh, if you are a very low risk investor you can choose to do this but just be aware by the way that this is only relevant if you have a girl child if you have a boy if you have a son uh, you can't uh, use this one <clears throat> but if you are a low as i mentioned if you are a low risk investor you can choose to do that don't think it from the perspective of tax saving because there are other avenues better avenues where you can uh, you know invest in etc and make better returns okay another thing that is very common uh, in indians especially is that uh, you know again particularly for a girl child um, you know parents from a very early age will start buying jewelry uh, you know and it's not a form of investment but it's also something that they want to gift the child and uh, you know it's part of um, something that uh, is very like deeply rooted in our culture as well so you know without trying to offend anyone but from a just a very financial perspective keeping emotion aside does it make sense to do that i think a lot of jewelers have this as well where you know you can invest some money with them they have these kind of schemes etc so uh, you know do those really make sense if you can just let us know um see uh, when it comes to investing in jewelry um see so if there is a you know a very young child that you have um today um in like 25 to 30 years probably you know roughly uh, the time frame in which uh, your child will be a uh, girl child particularly will be getting married um the uh, will the whether jewel uh, gold jewelry will still have uh, importance or not is a big question whether you know your child will actually go for a gold jewelry or not is a big question secondly the jewelry that you buy today uh, and we are talking about jewelry not uh, gold coins or bars right uh, if you're talking about gold jewelry <clears throat> the designs that you get today whether these will still be relevant or you know in fashion then or not is another question um instead of doing this i mean if you do want to buy gold a better way to buy gold is uh, you know using uh, digital gold be it gold fund or if relevant you know sovereign gold bond and what not um and when it comes to uh, uh when it comes to uh, the long term we are talking about um 
you can always convert these, right? If, suppose if you want to buy uh, gold jewelry at that point of time, you can convert these, sell gold at, you know, the uh, relevant uh, gold prices and just uh, buy it. Even if the prices have increased, the in value of your investments would have also gone up. But you don't have to worry about the safekeeping of it, um, it getting, getting stolen, maintenance or anything of that sort. Uh, you can just sell it, get the latest design and, you know, um, get the latest uh, jewelry uh, made. Uh, but actually a better way to, again, even if you're planning for uh, the child's wedding, a better way to, to think about it is again, investing in a diversified fund, uh, diversified portfolio. And this portfolio will have some allocation towards gold. If you are more interested in gold, you can you know discuss it with your advisor um, uh, if the allocation of gold can be higher in your portfolio. Okay, but that is a much better way to uh, do it. Right, like you would invest some part just as a pure investment and then to hedge kind of, you know, to reduce risk. And then you would have like an extra portion ki bhai, you know this part will be sold off sometime in the future to buy actual jewelry something like that that's right okay um so and what about those schemes that jewelers have see that actually varies there is no it's not standard it's like generally it's like you pay for um say 10 months or 11 months and they add uh another month uh, over there and uh, um varying from you know um, um jeweler to jeweler um, it may be the case that uh, they may be giving you some another, you know, other wave off in terms of uh, making charges and not and all. Um, so since it is not a very standard thing, it can be made more lucrative by some of the jewelers. So it's difficult to comment on it. But again, the point is that even if you are say buying it uh, and you know accumulating it today, the designs, particularly that you are talking about today, the same concerns that I t so uh, I told about uh, earlier, it doesn't make sense to buy gold jewelry right now. You know, the safekeeping, the designs, all those things, uh, you know, those concerns that I mentioned earlier, they still hold true. Right. Okay. Um, so, you know, how do you um, design portfolios for your clients? So, like, you know, at uh, WealthUp, of course, we have clients who are uh, parents, young parents, as well as, you know, uh, uh, like young couples who are thinking of uh, becoming parents as well so how does financial planning work uh, maybe if you can you know uh, give an example in both cases if relevant or if just in one case okay so um we have a client um who wanted to you know uh, plan for uh, the higher education of uh, the child so what the way we are doing it is key uh, we understand key what the situation will be and how much expected uh, you know inflation adjusted uh, amount will be and uh, for in order to achieve that um, for the roughly 16 odd years that we have um, how is it how, how much of a uh, you know sip that will be needed monthly investment that will be needed so we decided on that and then you know uh, based on of course it's, a, it's going to be a very aggressive portfolio so we did the allocation and find out okay so how much money we should be going in which fund um, this is specifically for you know uh, their child's education now apart from that of course they have other goals like their own uh, buying a home down the line and you know their own retirement and stuff so uh, we are doing a similar thing okay just finding out what the goal is how much time is there and you know doing the allocation uh, once it is done individually for each goal we just you know sum up key okay if there is more than uh, you know if one fund is alloc you know is present in more than one goals uh, we just sum up all the sips you know all the amount of monthly investment that will go in this fund and together we invest uh, that amount um, i have another uh, client who also wanted to plan for uh, uh, their uh, kids and annual fees you know the annual school fees because um, he needs to pay it annually uh, in the school, uh, you know, where his uh, uh, kid is uh, going. So what he does is, ki, um, so it's roughly 2 lakh rupees that he needs to pay every year. What he does is, ki, every month, 
he assigns on you know around 16000 he invest 16000 in a short term fund and uh, in one year's time he has those 2 lakh rupees and then uh, more than 2 lakh he takes out the 2 lakh pays the fees and you know just moves on to for the next uh, month the uh, next year of course as the uh, as the expenses the fees increases we'll be increasing the amount but this is also sort from the perspective of you know short term like every year the fees that needs to uh, go awesome i think uh, that was very helpful um so if i had to quickly summarize uh, you know like and if i understand correctly um as parents what we need to do is firstly we need to understand our like what the financial goals are which means okay if my daughter is 2 today uh, you know what are those key milestones identifying them figuring out what is the amount of money that will be needed and then uh, you know figuring out a combination of funds that will help me achieve that goal um and of course rebalancing along the way that's right So uh, as far as the rebalancing is concerned we this is something that we have said multiple times um a lot of the people a lot of you know uh, advisors out there suggest ki you should uh, you know rebalance your portfolio every 6 months or one year uh, which is more of a time based uh, you know uh, rebalancing we believe in a market based rebalancing because uh, in 6 months it may just have been the case that the market went up and down and you know came to similar level what it was 6 months back um but if you so if you took it uh, you know on time based there is no change that you need to make but if you were making it you know or you do doing this rebalancing from the perspective of market uh, levels uh, if there was a major correction you could have rebalanced and you know uh, bought more equity at cheaper price and then uh, when it market went up you would have been you know benefited from it so uh, that is another thing you know that should be you should be mindful of uh, when you're doing this uh, portfolio rebalancing Great. Um, well, thanks so much, Ankit. Uh, I think um, any closing thoughts. Otherwise, uh, you know, uh, thanks everyone for listening to us. Um, if you want to stay updated about new episodes that are coming out in our, um, uh, you know, uh, in our podcast, uh, do follow us on Spotify. And uh, after every session, we have a Q and A uh, with our WhatsApp community members. So if you are interested in joining the WhatsApp community, you can uh, follow Ankit on LinkedIn, uh, and you know he regularly. shares the link uh, you know on how to join the community um it is an invite only community which means that uh, you know uh, we do vet all of the members before they can join um the reason is to ensure a very high quality uh, group of people it's called the financial freedom circle um essentially all the people that are part of the community are committed towards becoming financially free uh, and you know we are just there um as uh, their support and uh, providing them guidance in being able to do that So yes thank you for listening uh, and for you know uh, being with us uh, we do come uh, and talk about uh, different financial topics every tuesday so do watch out uh, again follow ankit on linkedin to know next week's topic um ankit any closing thoughts um no thank you so much uh, everyone for joining thank you meeta um, and if you have any questions you can um, uh, raise your hand and we'll be we'll be happy to talk to you Yeah and um, uh, in case you are a parent and you need help with planning finances for your child um you can also reach out to Ankit or me and you know we will be happy to uh, do that because at Wealth Up we are working with a lot of clients uh, you know helping them plan their children's future so yes thank you and uh, good night <laughs>